Mm. How much, especially in individual sports, do you have to like just tell yourself you're the best? Yeah, you kind of have to. Like a good perspective is you're it's like Tokyo. You're standing at a start line in the heats, and you're up against seven other people. And okay, the the eight hundred only forty eight people in the world can run it. And by the final, it drops down to eight. So you're standing there, and I guarantee you, like all those eight people or seven people in your heat are thinking they're gonna get the top three positions, but they can only be one. So like, there's no there's no room for like negative thinking. There's no room for like mm. issues or like thinking about niggles and thinking about that. Like the only the only thing that's in your head is like, well, let's just focus on on the job and let's get it done yeah. at all costs. Fuck. So many questions. Okay. So firstly, you talk about before, um, you know, you move into Melbourne, you're getting like better. You start thinking, fuck, this is actually a reality. Okay. Mm. And we saw, we spoke about just before, like how, when you say four seconds, how far along that actually is. Like that's a long time. Yeah. And I was, spoken, I was speaking to Sam before, we we're talking about um, marginal gains and yeah. like when, you know, you are an athlete and you're like, you're training, and when you're at that level, like it's diminishing returns, you can only get so much better. Like, mm-hmm. and the, it has to be so small to do it. Yeah. To get to the Olympics, how many like marginal gains did you have to find? And alluding to the fact that again, giving more context, there's this video that we used to watch when I was um, at Carlton. Didn't necessarily work for them, but it <laughs> might have worked for you. Was talking about like this English um, cycling team in in the Olympics, and they spoke about that, you know, they just kept coming second and third or, you know, not placing, whatever it was. And instead of trying to get like a 30% better or 10% better, they're like, if we can get better in 1% of everything we do, then you find your 10%, which is massive when it comes to it. So it's like, you know, they took their mattresses and slept on their own mattresses in hotels instead of other bits so they get better sleep. They greased their chains up twice as much as any other team. They made sure their wheel alignment was all better. Um, basically, like what, what a part of those trainings did you implement it to yours to get to the Olympics? I guess the first thing has got to be like, like self-awareness. And it's, it's like knowing that the moment you're satisfied, the moment like progress starts kind of becoming slow and you kind of don't even want to look for those 1%. And like, I say that because like, it depends how you define success and progress. Like, yes, I was, I was making teams, which is what I always wanted to do. And then I was making teams and I was getting knocked out in the heats and the semis. It's like, then you got to kind of go back and like, what's your goal? And, like intention set the goal, like I don't want to focus on making teams anymore. Like that should almost be automatic. Yeah. And again, sounds arrogant, but if you're spending all your energy trying to make teams, you don't have, really have room to think about by the time you get there, like you're unexhausted. So you're sort of capping yourself. Like, mm. yeah, you like just you thinking, gonna, get the bare minimum. Get the bare, yeah, exactly. So, and that's why we say like, you sh- I should be able now to make teams of my, of my B shape. Cause I mean, to be, to go to the Olympics, and just run the standard, you're sometimes there just as a passenger because people usually run a lot faster than that standard. So if you want to make the final, then you got to kind of look for those, I guess, one percenters. And, and we have to kind of do a lot. And it started off, I guess, when I first, you know, there's a few funny stories. When I first started running um, and I made my first Olympic team, like the only way I got to the Olympics was like training hard and just being consistent. Like I didn't know about sports nutrition. I didn't know about sports psychology. I didn't know about about anything. In fact, I was in America, just at a holding camp and I remember someone wanted to speak to me, part of the Australian team. I was like to my coach, like, why does this guy want to speak to me? Like, I don't really, I don't want to speak to him, right? And my coach was like, no, nah, that's a sports psychologist. I'm like, sports psychologist? Like, like, you got to remember where I come from. Like, that's like, 
like what we need sports psychologists for. Like, of course I need sports psychology this thing, but I was like, do I really believe in it? Do I like just train hard and get there and, and everything will kind of take care of itself. Uh, and I said, nah. And then finally I was like, I'll speak to this guy. And, and we went, I went and sat down and spoke to him, sports psychologist, and he put his hand up, he's like, picture this bubble. And in my head, I'm like, this guy wants to speak about bubbles and we're going to the Olympics in a week. That's, that's ridiculous, right? Anyway, he's like, picture this bubble and this bubble represents your energy. And he held his hand up like that and it's like, well, the, you don't want to be too inside in the middle, which means you'll be nervous and, and whatnot, right? And spending time in your room, thinking about the race, thinking about the race. Again, by the time you get to the race, you're exhausted mentally and you can't perform, which is what happened in Rio. And you don't want to be too outside of it, which is, I think, what I was at risk at. And being too outside of it means being too distracted. And like the Olympic Games, like you're, you're kind of an adult, you make your own choices and and you get excited about a lot of things. I remember, I think one of the first stories I remember is I chucked my bag up and I was playing, playing table tennis for like ages. I don't even know why. And mm. just because it was there. And I looked up and like, I could see like Clay Thompson standing right there. And I was like, damn, like, like basketball still to this day is my favorite sport. I was like, damn, that's, that's Clay Thompson. And Luda, I know, I didn't even know who I was running against. I didn't know the runners yet. And also there's that, you know, I don't tend to get too excited about food. But at the Olympic Games, like food's free. Or oh, the buffet. The buffet. I used to call that the stuff. The, the vending machines. Yeah. Like there's McDonald's for free. Um, really? Yeah. Like I got three haircuts and my hair's not that long. <laughs> like, I mean, every, everything's just free. And then you're getting yeah. out of, and then you get out of this bubble and like, man, that guy was like, he's speaking facts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get out, then you realize all of that stuff. And then, and then I guess going back to that small 1% is, is getting in the right head game. Cause in perspective, I'd rather be, um, in the right mindset over being too fit because really? yeah, you can okay. be like extremely fit and still underperform. But if you can't then the right mindset, you like there's muscle memory, you know, sometimes you get injured and some people come back and they're like, whoa, like how did I do that? Like muscle memory, right? But if you're in the right mindset and you're thinking positively, like sometimes things can happen. But I guess the ultimate goal is to kind of align them both, like physically and mentally, like, be be in shape and it requires a lot of training so again going back to one percent it requires like doing a little bit extra so it's not just about going to the gym and doing the gym work it's about going to the gym and doing it with intent like what am i getting out of it why am i here for and like what's the purpose of it and then you start believing all these things and once you start believing things like the, all these beautiful things kind of happen um another one was like i guess we started doing pilates in 2020 and that helped a lot. Um, pool running, for example, you know, because you can train as much as you want in the pool. You can't run forever because, you know, you might start getting injured, stress fractures and loading. But like in the pool and cross training, you can kind of load up in your body as well. So those are those small one percentage as well. And another one is experience. You have to get the experience. Like you got to go race against the best in the world to kind of know um, what's going to be like. Okay, pretend like no one's listening to this. I want to hear that like arrogant self in your head talk yeah. me through like were you going and going i can fucking win this or were you going and going all right it's gonna be cool let's see what happens like what was what was really going through your head like you said your prep was better because you had that extra time you're going in you make the final you come forth you know you're leading the race yeah. as you said how were you tracking going into it i think what's important is i let the moment i was leaving australia us and preparing for the games while still in australia i said I am not going to the Olympic Games to be a passenger. I've been there as a passenger the previous year, um, which is okay because I was getting the experience in the world championships like that. I was like, if I'm only running 145 or struggling to run the standards, I actually don't want to go. Like, 
it's deeper than that now. Like I don't just want to go there for the experience and whatnot. I've had those. I want to actually go there, be competitive. So it's that arrogance at the start. Like now, nah, like I'm, I'm not going. Even if you make a team, like I want to make a team and make sure I'm competitive enough to be the best in the world. And and there was a video um, I did in in the Gold Coast and uh, before the games, and I said, I like I believe I'm going to make the final. Like I wasn't going there just hoping I'm going to make the final. I actually believed I was going to make it. And to believe you're gonna make the final out of the 48 people in the world, where I guess I was ranked like 20 something in the world, it's it's a pretty big call for a lot of people. But you gotta know in yourself that's that's what you believe. And I believed it because I was just training. I was training like that. I remember I finished one session, and I was thinking to myself, there is no way there's more than 10 people faster than me in this world, mm. like race wise. Like there's just no way. Yeah. I'm in I'm in crazy shape mentally and physically, and there is no way like, and that's why I guess we changed our original plan from going straight from Australia to um, Tokyo. We're like, now let's go to Europe and prove that and gain a little bit more confidence. And just last minute we changed our plan to go to Europe. 